What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Guggenheim. Week two picks, and we're going to do Big Ten Power Rankings, as well as uh, the my national top ten. Make sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts, subscribe, leave a review. We'd love to have emails and tweets at me, so make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Big Ten Football Talk, uh, Email me at Big10FootballTalk at gmail.com. I mentioned on my podcast about playoff that I'm going to do this week and next week a little differently because, honestly, who needs to hear me pick Ohio State, Arkansas State? So I'll probably give you maybe a, a tidbit or two about many of the games, but really I'm just going to say that it's not really an upset alert. Uh, I don't think there's many games on this slate that I would say are in danger of that. So I'll, I'll start I'll, I'll kind of go through the games that I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's just going to be a 40 point win and then we're gonna go from there. So first 12 p.m Big Ten uh, Big Ten network we have Arkansas State at number three, Ohio State. Ohio State's 44 and a half point favorite. That should tell you all you need to know. I look for the passing game. To uh, for them to work on it, Jackson Smith and Jigba is probably going to be out in this game. So I think Stroud's going to be working on chemistry with his wide receivers, and I think they'll continue to try to establish the run the run game, which I thought they did a great job of it against Notre Dame, especially in, in the f- fourth quarter. So uh, I I will say this: don't be surprised if Arkansas State hangs a little longer than you expect. I don't think they'll hang much past the second quarter, but Arkansas State has has a few guys, uh, including a former Ohio State running back So in Bryant Sneed. So I think just watch out for that game. Uh, 12 p.m., also on the Big Ten Network, Western Illinois versus Minnesota. Western Illinois is a terrible FCS team. Minnesota should run away with this thing, literally. Mo Ibrahim, Trey Potts. They're just going to pound and pound and pound. They're going to win that game. At 12 p.m. on ABC, a little bit of a more intriguing game is Ohio versus Penn State. Um, I do think Ohio is – they're a little bit better of a MAC team. Rourke at quarterback I think could do some damage. He had 345 yards and four touchdowns last week. Uh, they have a running back who averaged about five yards a carry in Bangura. So, like, they've got some offensive playmakers, but Penn State just faced, I think, a much better iteration of an offense in in Purdue. And Penn State's at home. They've had 10 days to recover. I think uh, Clifford will be healthy. Penn State's a 25-and-a-half-point favorite for a reason. So I, I like Penn State to win big. I think they cover. And if they don't, I think it'll be pretty – I think it'll be a close – It'll be close to covering. So I like Penn State big in that. 3.30 p.m., Maryland is going to Charlotte. I I don't understand why they are going to Charlotte. They do have a receiver, uh, uh, Charlotte does, in DeBose, who has uh, on the season eight catches for 156 yards, two touchdowns. So watch out for him. But it, it's good to remember that Charlotte currently is sitting at 0 and 2 and their losses are to Florida Atlantic and William and Mary, both by double digits. William and Mary not very good, 
So I, I think Maryland's going to also beat them by double digits. I think it's going to be a bloodbath. They are 27-point favorites. I look for Tagovailoa to get the passing game going. Did not have a touchdown last week. I think that changes. I think he has at least three this week. Uh, watch Rakeem Jarrett as his number one target. 4 p.m. kick on the Big Ten Network. Akron versus number 14, Michigan State. Michigan State is a 34.5-point favorite. I think they cover because Akron is bad. They are – somehow they're 1-0. Somehow Akron is 1-0. I feel like that's just – that that's a miracle in itself that Akron has a win. They did play St. Saint, Saint Francis PA, and they won by seven. So I – uh, Michigan State by a bajillion. Uh, that's 4 p.m. kick on Big Ten Network. Uh, on 4 p. Uh, actually, I'll get to that. Also at 4 p.m., Big Ten Network, Purdue playing Indiana State. There is no line for this game. I think, you know, Purdue gets a bounce-back game against a, an okay FCS opponent. Also in 4 p.m., Big Ten Network, uh, Rutgers hosts Wagner. Goodness. Um, yeah, Manungai is going to go for over 100 uh, at running back. I, I think they, they take care of business against uh, against Wagner. Uh, 7.30 p.m. on FS1. Georgia Southern going to Nebraska. I would not be surprised if, it, if it's another slow-ish start for the Cornhuskers, but I don't think they're in danger of losing this game. They might struggle to cover. I mean, they struggled a bit against North Dakota. I am concerned about the line, the offensive and defensive lines for Nebraska, but I think Nebraska. I I don't again. I don't think there's an upset alert here, so I think Nebraska wins. I think they probably win by at least two touchdowns. Uh, Hawaii at number four, Michigan. the The thing that's going to be intriguing is is how does JJ McCarthy do at quarterback? Uh, Cade McNamara came out earlier said he doesn't love the quarterback competition. He wasn't expecting it. He expected to be the guy. So I still think it's the right call. Like, Cade McNamara was good for them last year. I also don't think he's the best quarterback in that room. So I get that he feels like he should have been the entrenched starter. I get that. But also, if you're the best, you shouldn't be worried about it. So uh, Michigan is a 51-point favorite. So I think I could be the quarterback, and they'd probably win by 30. That's And that's saying something because I'm a terrible quarterback. So, again, Michigan by a billion. Idaho at Indiana. That's an 8 p.m. kick on the Big Ten Network. There's no line. Indiana coming off, I think, a really surprising win over Illinois. Um, they played well. Basilac, 330 yards. Grant, he was 28 of 52, so the efficiency has to be better. Idaho is not good. Like, they, they are not a good team. And so I, I expect Indiana went to win fairly handily. Let's let's talk about, I think, maybe the interesting matchups that I, I do have score predictions for. 12 p.m. on FS1, Duke travels to Northwestern. Both are 1-0. Um, Duke faced Temple. I believe they won 30 to nothing. And at first, you think you look at the stats. Their quarterback uh, Riley Leonard threw for three hundred and twenty-eight yards, two touchdowns. 
you think, okay, the pa- they got the passing game going. They had 500 yards total offense. Their defense shut down Temple. Temple is not a really good team. And if you look a little bit more closely, Duke was one of nine on third down. And then you I, – I, I was like they, – and they only had two punts. And I'm like, how did they punt only – Twice when they were one of nine on third down. Well, they had a fourth down conversion. So this one. But the other thing is they kicked three field goals and they missed three field goals. Which I just found astounding to find a college kicker at a power five team going three of six on field goals. And so on one hand, they could have they could have won 39 nothing. But also I'm like, man, if the kicking game's that shaky, you know, what does that say about them going up up against a power five opponent. I'm not super sold on Northwestern yet. You'll see that in my power rankings, despite their win against Nebraska. But I do think Evan Hall can control the line of scrimmage. I think Peter Skronsky at left tackle is, he's going to be a load for anybody, including teams like Ohio State and Wisconsin and Iowa. Duke doesn't have those guys that, that those three teams have. And I I don't know if Duke's going to be able to stop the run. I think Kalinske has really improved. I, I don't think it's – I don't think Northwestern covers. They're a 10-point favorite. That, that line feels high to me. But I do think they – I do think Northwestern pulls it out. 27-20, to 20, I think, in a close game. Uh, Northwestern moves to 2-0. On 3.30 p.m. on Fox, you have Washington State at number 19, Wisconsin. Wisconsin is a 17.5-point favorite. And Washington State last week, they did win, but they they struggled a little bit with Idaho. Uh, it was a closer game than, than I would have expected. And Washington State struggled a bit to move the ball. Um Ward, their quarterback, he was 26 of 41 for 228 yards, so not even getting to six yards per attempt. He did throw for three touchdowns. That's not going to get it done against this defense for Wisconsin. And Wisconsin's line and Braylon Allen at running back, I just think Wisconsin is going to control the ground game. I don't think Washington State's going to be able to score. I think Wisconsin covers. I've got them winning 31 uh, to seven over Washington State. Virginia and Illinois is at 4 p.m. on ESPNU. I I think it's hard for me to pick this game because I think based on what I've seen, I am tempted to pick Illinois because even though they lost against Indiana, I thought they were the better team last week. I thought they got hosed by the officials on the on the one play. And I thought as, as, as much as they struggled at times, they were in control for a good chunk of that game. Uh, and Chase Brown is, might be the best player on the field with both teams. Like, he's really, really good. 350 yards in the first two games. I think the, the thing is Virginia has so much firepower with Brendan Armstrong. And I'm just – hesitant to pick against a team that even though they, they I don't think they played as well as I thought they would a team that can score points in bunches I just uh, Illinois can't do that like Tommy DeVito he's good at the underneath stuff 
but he's he's attempted 72 passes and he has 426 yards. So he's n- not really getting even to six yards per attempt. So I, I think actually I think he's just a hair over six yards a, a, an attempt. So I I like Illinois. I think they could win this game, which is much better than what I would have said a couple weeks ago. But I think Virginia comes in and they, believe it or not, pull the upset. Illinois is a four and a half point favorite. I don't get that. I think Virginia easily should be the favorite in this game. But I've got Virginia 31, Illinois 24. I do think Illinois keeps it close. I, I Remember last year, Virginia beat them 42 to 14. So to make it 31-24, you know, I don't think Brett Bielema is interested in moral victories, but I think that's that is a a real thing. Probably the, the biggest game in the Big Ten is a 4 p.m. kick on the Big Ten network. Iowa State, Iowa, it's the big interstate rivalry. Um Iowa, believe it or not, is a three and a half point favorite. Iowa State, uh, I thought was good. Last week, they, they played, I think, Southeast Missouri State. So, like, I would hope you would look good when you play them. It, while Iowa really struggled to do anything offensively against South Dakota State. And so, I it's, – it's fascinating because I think a lot of people would look at this game and think, well, Iowa State's going to win. But Iowa State's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. And I think the, there's a couple things that are intriguing to me. One is that Iowa has won six straight in the rivalry. Typically, they're low scoring and they're tightly contested. I, South Dakota State, you look at South Dakota State from at least a year ago, and yes, they're an FCS team. They were pretty good. I mean, they not that Colorado State's a great team, but I mean, they smoked Colorado State. In their opener last year, and like the, the the Dakota State schools, North Dakota State, South Dakota State, they're a frustrating game because if you win, you get no credit. If you struggle, people look at you differently, and if you lose, I mean, forget it, you're terrible. But the reality is, as as much as I would have dinged Iowa for losing that game. I'm not so sure that like that was a better challenge than some of the other FBS teams that other Big Ten teams played. And so I and I look at Iowa State, you know, they put up stats, but like the team they played was I mean, a, a joke compared to South Dakota State. And so, you know, Hunter Deckers played really well for Iowa State. Brock, their running back at over 100 yards. Xavier Hutchinson is a as a proven commodity at wide receiver. So, like, Iowa State on paper, like, if you look at the stats, I'm like, I like them better. But I think Iowa's defense is going to slow down Iowa State. I think they're going to turn them over quite a bit in this game. It's at home. I've got Iowa winning this game on on the back of their defense. And honestly, I just think Spencer Petras gets hot and cold. He was not good last week. The offense was not good. And I'm not expecting that they'll be good this week. But I don't think they have to be good. I think they just have to be okay. 
and I think they will be okay. So I like Iowa 16, Iowa State 13. At this juncture, barely not covering. So I've got them winning by three. The line is three and a half. That might move uh, closer to game time. And then last but not least, this is outside the Big Ten, Alabama-Texas. I really want to believe that Texas can pull the upset. But this, this game reeks of every single year when Alabama schedules a Power 5 non-conference team where they, the, the average margin of victory is 44-13. to 13. Last year it was Miami. Everybody's, you know, thinking Miami might be able to do something. And I was I was here and I was telling you it was gonna be bad, and it was bad. They do this every year. It's just in week two this time. Texas has some pieces. Bijan Robinson is a stud at running back. Quinn Ewers, I think, is a promising young quarterback prospect. They have really uh, a couple of really good receivers in Xavier Worthy and uh I think a transfer from Wyoming. I'm trying to remember his name. Like, they have talent. But do they have enough on the offensive and defensive lines? I I just don't think so. I think Bama is going to wear them down. I think they'll be able to get play action because they'll be able to run the ball with Jameer Gibbs and Trey Sanders. And I think it's going to be a highlight game for Bryce Young and Will Anderson. And I think... Alabama wins 48 to 17. I I just think it's going to be a a bloodbath. If Texas is able to keep it close, it's because Bijan Robinson goes off. And I just don't know if he can do that with facing that defense. So we're going to take a quick break and then we'll do power rankings and my top 10. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. We're going to talk uh, power rankings in the Big Ten and then my national top ten, which I, I, I want to address a few things that were said in the national media this week. Um, but let me let me start with the power rankings. My, my 14th ranked team is Nebraska. I know they they won this past week. They struggled. I think they were tied at halftime with North, North, North Dakota. I think. I have zero confidence in them right now. Like, I have zero confidence that if they play a team with a pulse, that they can actually do anything, like, good. I I picked them to go 8-4 and four in the beginning of the season. I, I would change that right now. If, if you put a gun to my head, I'd pick, like, 3-9 and nine or 4-8. and eight. Like, they're not good right now. Now, I can change... But I'm just not buying Nebraska right now. 13, I have Iowa. I know that's going to make people upset. I, if they beat Iowa State, that will change, obviously. But to not score a touchdown in an FCS game, I know I, I talked up South Dakota State, but it's still alarming that they couldn't score against South Dakota State. So for right now, they're 13th. I have Northwestern 12th. 
I know that they won. I know they're 1-0. But I don't trust Nebraska. So I just, I honestly just don't know how good Northwestern is yet. I think, again, if they if they beat Duke, I'm probably going to raise them a bit. But right now, I just don't have a lot of confidence in in them. And part of that is because, like, the Nebraska win honestly just doesn't look great. And I think I think they do have some issues on defense. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Duke pulls off the upset this week. But I'm not picking that. But I just – I'm not sure that Northwestern is actually very good. Um, Helensky's improved. Uh, they do have a, a really good offensive uh, lineman in Helensky. But I want to see more. Um, part And part of this, the reason why they're 12th, is I, I think other teams are stronger than I expected. So uh, number 11 is Illinois. I think Illinois, even in their loss to Indiana, I thought looked really good. I, I think I'm, – I'm excited to see what they do against Virginia. Really excited to see what they do against Virginia. Um, ten, number 10, I have Rutgers. To go on the road to beat Boston College with, like, real NFL talent, I think is really impressive. I thought they – I think – you know, I don't know what to expect with Rutgers, but, you know, I put on Twitter and, and I and – I'm not necessarily – I don't necessarily think this will happen, but I think they're at least 3-0 and or 3-1 and going into Ohio State. And, like, their fourth game is Iowa. And if Iowa can't score, I don't care how good your defense is. Like, you got to – you know, Shiano has his team disciplined. I'm, I'm not calling the upset, but – the fact that Rutgers could beat a team like Boston College, who is not a great team, but they are a mid, a mid tier team in the ACC, I, that I think that just speaks volumes to me. That the way that this program is going, it's on the upswing. Again, I think Shiano has done a great job, and I really I love him as a coach. I think he's a great coach. So I, I've got Rutgers at ten. I've got Indiana at nine because of the big win over Illinois. I have Maryland at eight. I I wasn't surprised that Maryland didn't look super great against Buffalo, but I would have loved to see some better stuff in the passing game. Uh, I I do think their defense uh, was good, but I I want to see more from them before I can move them up. Number seven, I have Purdue. I thought Purdue acquitted themselves really well. My one concern is just Jeff Brown's management of the game. Like, I thought Purdue could have won that game, but Brom kind of coached in a way that I think let Penn State back into the game. So, but I think Purdue has a good chunk of talent, more talent than I expected. I thought they, they hung with Penn State better than I expected. You know, I think Aiden O'Connell will get better. I didn't think he particularly played a great game. So, but I, I think he's a proven commodity. So I like, I think Purdue, I look for them to have a big bounce back game. Uh, number six, I've got Michigan State. I think Michigan State, uh, that the score with Western Michigan is misleading. They, they did pull away and they did dominate in the first half, but Western Michigan had, had them going into the fourth quarter. And, 
I think Michigan State, ha- I, I still have questions about Michigan State. Number five, I have Minnesota. You know, they, they pounded through a bad team. Good for them. I'm still pretty high on Minnesota. Uh, number four, I have Penn State. I thought, again, I thought Clifford made a benchable throw in the fourth quarter, but then he came back and showed that he's he's got ice water in his veins. And I Clifford went, you know, I said this earlier, and I, I threatened to take it back, but I do mean this. When Clifford is on... He is one of the best quarterbacks in the conference. The problem is, not, is he's not consistent, especially when he, he is not healthy. Um, and so do they keep him healthy and upright? And can he stay consistent? I'm not sure he can. I, I'm not sure. I'm not so sure it wouldn't be worth giving Drew, Drew Alar some run this week against Ohio to see what he's made of. Maybe even give him the whole, the whole second half or – Maybe just even play him the whole game to let Clifford heal. Um, but I think I, I do like Penn State talent-wise overall. I think their secondary uh, – Joey Porter Joey Porter Jr. Is, is – it is fun to watch him play corner. Number three I've got Wisconsin. They put away a bad opponent. I think they'll put away another fairly bad Pac-12 opponent this week. Number two I've got Michigan – and on, if I'm honest, number one and number two have separated themselves. So number two is Michigan, number one's Ohio State. I think both both of these teams are the at this moment are the only two Big Ten teams that are in the playoff discussion. Um, and I'm putting Ohio State one because they put away I think a playoff caliber team in Notre Dame. So with that being said, let me go to the national top ten. National top ten, number ten, I have Oklahoma. Um, I, I like, you know, Oklahoma put UTEP away. I still have a lot of questions. You know, they lost a lot of talent to the transfer portal. Uh, you know, I'm curious about Brent, Brent Venables still. They beat UTEP. I think people are ranking them higher because of name recognition. I honestly don't think Oklahoma, I, I'm not sure Oklahoma is a top 10 team, but the reality is I'm not sure who is a top 10 team. So you'll, and that's just my disclaimer for this whole list is Oklahoma and other teams on this list. I'm like, I just don't know where to put people. So I've got Oklahoma 10. I've got Baylor 9. Again, like I think their defense is good. I, I think they're just a hair better than Oklahoma right now. I think they're the Big 12 favorite. Number 8, I have Utah. I'm not going to punish Utah for losing on the road against an improved Florida team. I'm just not like, and they they had two chances to win that game. I think if if that game is played neutral site week one, I think Utah wins. I think they play at home. Utah wins. I think Utah's really good, and just because they lost on the road to to Florida, I'm I'm just not going to dock them. But if I'm going to put them eight, I'm going to put Florida seven. Which I know I might eat some crow on this, but. I think Florida might be the third best team in the SEC right now. And look, Texas A&M fans, not that I think you guys listen, but if you are a Texas A&M fan and you're like, why, am, why are we not in the top 10? Because you struggled with Sam Houston State. Florida played a real team, and they won. So 
Florida seven. I honestly, I'm I'm tempted to move them higher. I know they were unranked last week, but I don't really care about what they were. What teams are ranked last week? I'm going on what what who do I think the top ten teams are now? And look, Florida, they deserve to be in that top ten. Um, six, I have Clemson. Clemson did not look good against Georgia Tech. They had two blocked punts, which led to 14 points. They were in a game with Georgia Tech in into the third quarter. DJ Uyunglele, I, he looked a little better than last year, but I don't think he looked great. I think their offensive line stunk against a bad Georgia Tech front. I I could put Clemson lower. I just I think I want I want to see more. Their their defensive line is the best in college football. That that's what keeps them up is because I'm like I think they can be in any game with that defensive line. And I think their their defense is in in total is really good. But that defensive line is nasty. Brissy, Miles Murphy, eesh, they're really good. Number five, I have Notre Dame. That was a really good Notre Dame team. The line play was exceptional. The back seven was better than I expected. Brandon Joseph, I forgot that Brandon Joseph had transferred from Northwestern to Notre Dame. He's a really good safety, like potentially a first-round safety. They had a, and they prepared really well for, I think, a compromised Ohio State offense with JSN uh, going out. So I've got Notre Dame five. I just don't know. How, I'm like, they lost a close game to one of the top three teams in college football. Like, I, I don't think you drop them for that. So I've got Notre Dame five. Honestly, and I also think, like, if Notre Dame went up against Clemson, I think Notre Dame wins. I think if Notre Dame went up against Florida, like I think they'd win. And before people say, but the, but their offense stinks, Buckner stinks, da 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 da. I I think you're underrating Ohio State's defense and their physicality, particularly their defensive line. Okay, so and I'll I'll save that discussion for a minute here. Number four, I've got Michigan. They looked phenomenal in at every position except receiver and quarterback. Receiver, there were too many drops, but I think they'll get better. Quarterback is is a, a wait and see. But I thought Michigan looked excellent. I've got Ohio State third because I want to see more out of the passing game. And honestly, I want to see Ryan Day not be stubborn to not run the ball until the second half. Now, someone said the other day that we struggled to run the ball, that Ohio State struggled to run the ball in the first half. They didn't, they, they didn't struggle to run the ball. They didn't run the ball. Travion Henderson had five carries at halftime. Like who, who has a Heisman-level running back and you only give the ball to him five times in the first half? So that's on coaching. They should have been pounding the rock right out the gate to try to wear down that team, to, to open up the passing game. So I, I, I love Ryan Day, but he, like that, the offensive woes in that game, I felt were more self-inflicted than anything else. Um, 
I, I still think we would have gotten an uglier, uglier game than we we expected. But I think Ohio State would have won by a few more points if uh, they had pounded the game. But I do think they are. I have more question marks about Ohio State than the top two. And the top two is Alabama and Georgia. I have Georgia one, Alabama two. Listen, I get why you you'd keep Alabama one, but Georgia demolished a. Well, I don't know if I would say it was a great team. And not a great team for sure. I'm not sure they're a good team. But Georgia was complete. And Alabama, like, I just can't. I Oregon versus Utah State, I, I'm going to give the nod to the team that beat Oregon. I will say this about Oregon and Georgia's win over them. And I'm not trying to marginal, marginalize Georgia. Oregon has now lost four out of their last five games in humiliating fashion. Utah beat them twice by at least four scores. Oklahoma led Oregon, I believe, 30-3 to at half in the bowl game. And now Georgia just completely demolished them. So I've got Georgia one. I'm not doubting them. But... I also, again, I think this is a fluid ranking. So I could see, you know, if Georgia struggles this week, I might move them down uh, and put Alabama one, or I might put Ohio State one, which which means leaves me the last thing, and then I'm going to close up here. Colin Coward, the gift that always gives, decided to tweet that Georgia, it's Georgia, Alabama, and everybody else, that Ohio State and Clemson don't even belong in the conversation. First of all, don't you dare, don't you dare put Ohio State and Clemson in the same breath right now. Clemson struggled against a bad Georgia Tech team. Ohio State beat a top five team in the first game of the season in a way that they couldn't put away teams the past couple years. And that was a physical grind out game. It is not Comparable. C.J. Stroud is proven. D.J. Uyunglele is not. Their receivers are proven. Well, J.S.N. is. Clemson's are not. And Ohio State had injuries, and they still found a way to win. Like, I don't want to hear it. It's not comparable. Don't put Ohio State and Clemson in the same breath right now. So that's, that's the first thing. It's just stupid analysis. And second, I think you can say Georgia and Alabama are are the clear one and two. But I bet you, I would bet a mount, well, I wouldn't actually bet this, but I think you put Notre Dame and Clemson on the same field. I think Notre Dame beats them by four touchdowns. Not Notre Dame, Clemson, Notre Dame, uh, Oregon. You put Notre Dame, Oregon on the same field. I think Notre Dame beats them by four touchdowns. Before everyone's like, well, Notre Dame doesn't have an offense. Did you did you see Oregon's defense? Besides their couple linebackers, like, goodness, they were bad. And part of that was Georgia's offense. But, like, Stetson Bennett had, like, all day to throw. You, you think that with uh, Notre Dame's offensive line that Buckner wouldn't have had a lot of time to throw? <clears throat> Like this, this, this narrative that 
well, Georgia won by 46 and Alabama won by 55. They are all obviously better. Well, where was that narrative when Georgia beat Clemson 10 to 3 last week last year? It's it's ridiculous. So if you're going to stick to a narrative if if you're going to have one narrative for one team, like don't just copy or don't just get rid of it for other teams. Like Iowa State had a hard-fought win against a top five team, and quite honestly, we don't know their ceiling yet. But I'll tell you, I'm encouraged by Ohio State because their defense and their running game and their offensive line and their defensive lines looked up to the task. And I know what I got in C.J. Stroud, and I know what I got in Jackson Smith and Jigba. So while I've got Ohio State three, watch out. That's all I'm saying. Watch out. If Michigan gets J.J. McCarthy right, or if they, if, if they get the quarterback right, which I think it's J.J. McCarthy, look out because Michigan's coming. I think it's very possible the top four this year after seeing – and it's week one, so like I get it. Take this with a grain of salt. It's Georgia, Bama, Ohio State, Michigan. And I would not be surprised – if Ohio, if if either Ohio State or Michigan would win one of those four, one of those two matchups against the SEC. Now, I think Georgia and Alabama would be the favorites, and I think they should be the favorites. I think right now I would project Georgia and Alabama to be the national championship teams. But don't don't write off Ohio State and and don't write off Michigan either. But certainly don't write off Ohio State because they only won by 11 against Notre Dame. And don't you dare compare them to Clemson after struggling with Georgia Tech. My gosh. It's shock jock nonsense. So that... Didn't think I'd get this boiled up over this. Maybe you can tell I'm an Ohio State fan. But it's just... it's It's absurd. Some of the ways that people try to marginalize teams just to get clicks and ratings and it's frustrating because it actually detracts from real analysis i love i always love it i watched i do watch colin coward only when joel clatt comes on because most of the time joel clatt shows him how wrong he is and it's wonderful um i love joel clatt uh he's gonna be calling the alabama texas game so watch that game it's gonna be great um but that that's it for the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast Week 2. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure to like, follow, subscribe, leave a review. Thanks for listening. Take care and God bless.